0: It's the music, the drama, everything's like, oh, I mean, I mean, there are tissues coming out of purses and pockets and snot going everywhere. People are just like, this is the, oh, it's so sweet. Women were looking for men who would say this to them. Men were looking for women who would complete them. And the narrative of marriage became that a healthy marriage is two people acknowledging their incompleteness. In coming together to complete each other.
1: You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Hart. All right, so we're back in the studio, Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. Guys, thank you so much uh, for, for joining us. Thanks for all of your encouragement in this podcast.
0: Yeah, and we hope that you guys have enjoyed and are continuing to enjoy the holidays. Um, we're recording this before Christmas, but hopefully that you have had a wonderful time with your family, enjoying your time together.
1: And, and if not, listen to our holiday on expectations episode. <laughs> <laughs> Selfless, plug. There, Selfless go, plug. there you go. There you go. So. 1996 dropped a rom-com movie and um, we're looking at Tom Cruise as the the title of the movie character Jerry Maguire and out of that came something that has gotten so ubiquitous into our uh, culture of these three little words you complete
0: me and full disclosure we did go out on a date and watch this movie in the theater Aw. we enjoyed it very much and yeah, that that moment, the drama of I can still remember the drama of that moment. This whole movie. um, Can can we spoil this movie? Is it is it past the threshold where we're allowed to tell spoilers?
1: 1996. I hope so. It,
0: it's, it's OK. So if you haven't seen Jerry Maguire and you're worried about spoilers, pause this, go watch the movie and then come back.
1: Show me the money. <laughs> Oh, that's Cuba
0: Gooding Jr. in the same movie. Well, but he had to say it after Cuba Gooding Jr. They had to repeat it. Anyway. There you go. There you um, go. So this whole movie, um, Jerry Maguire is just basically self-destructed his career and his life. And then Renee Zellweger Mm -hmm. plays this love interest. Mm -hmm. And he's just doing everything to make it bad. And then... In this moment, he rushes into this room, and she's there with her girlfriends, and she's like, this guy's the scum of the earth type of conversation. And he bursts in with that, you complete me. And it's the music, the drama, everything's like, "Oh, I mean, I mean. There are tissues coming out of purses and pockets and snot going everywhere. People oh, are just boy. like, this is the, oh, it's so sweet. Women were looking for men who would say this to them. Men were looking for women who would complete them. And the narrative of marriage became that a healthy marriage is two people acknowledging their incompleteness in coming together to complete each other.
1: And that's kind. That's kind of cute and kind of adorable. And it's also better than you deplete me. Well, right. I mean, there,
0: There's something to be said about that. Um,
1: but, it's... but it's something too. Where I, I think that you and I both heard the argument of, well, the biblical marriage is is. is you know something that is based on the creation story, where it's like, okay, so there's there's the man, and he wasn't complete, and then the woman came along, it, it, being created um, from his rib, and this, that, and the other thing. So you know, this is this is telling the the biblical story of creation, the you complete me um, out of the Bible. So what do you think about that, Brian?
0: Well. I think this You Completely narrative, though it's not talked about much, it's just repeated over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, every rom-com out there has this idea of the right romantic relationship is in some way going to fulfill the characters. You know, and virtually every television series we watch includes some level of romantic tension, right? Mm -hmm. Like, will they or won't they get together? Nothing seems to keep an audience coming back for more than curiosity about what will happen between two characters romantically. And so... It seems like maybe it's just kind of built into us, right? Maybe, maybe there is some truth to that.
1: But there's a problem with that narrative, and I, I'm sure you're seeing that too, because you know my opinion is that that narrative—it's it, just not biblical at all. I, I mean, again, it's cute, and it's like, okay, I can, I can kind of see, you know, maybe logically, maybe, maybe that's how it could work, but it doesn't gel with the
0: Bible at all. It really doesn't. And as much as people might try to say that, you look at Genesis 2.18 and God saw that it was not good for the man to be alone. Sure. God did not say the man was incomplete. Mm -hmm. It did not say that, oh, you're not fully human yet because you haven't been completed. Sure. Um, If men needed women to be complete, then Jesus would have been incomplete. Sure. You know, and while, women, I mean, he had to have a mom it's in no way that va- devalues the place of women. When you look in um, Genesis chapter one, it talks about the man and woman, the ma- humans being created male and female, both created in the image of God, but neither of them needs the other to be fully human. If humans needed spouses to be complete, then Paul wouldn't have said that he wished all could, people could be single like him in first Corinthians seven, seven. It's just, it's not true. Matter of fact, Um, this narrative really comes from Plato, from Plato, from Plato. So Plato was a pretty smart guy, um, but he was wrong about a lot of things too, because he was immersed in Greek culture. So Plato had this idea that the first humans were actually these four armed, four legged creatures facing each other. Aliens. Aliens. Um, and if you're thinking um, something sexual or sex acts, that's kind of what um, led Plato to this conclusion. Oh, dear. People were complete in that. And what happened is the gods cut people in half because they were fulfilled and complete together. And they weren't worshiping the gods.
1: How weird is that? So. And and, and they teach college courses about this
0: guy. (laughs) I I know I've taken them. And, And philosophy, the father of Western philosophy, there's a lot of great things in Plato, but his view on the nature of humanity is ridiculous. And so this idea of men and women chasing each other, this whole idea of the sex act making them complete and they're constantly looking for that and so now because they don't have that they worship the gods
1: yeah are we jumping into Freud now as well maybe
0: well I'm sure Freud was informed by Plato because all of Western philosophy is and here we are and there you go but the second problem this narrative creates is it's an unrealistic view of romantic relationships.
1: Yeah. And really, no no matter how amazing your spouse is, and, and I'm sure that your spouse is amazing, your spouse is going to let you down at, at some point in time. And you're going to let your spouse down at some point in time.
0: We're all fallible. Mm-hmm. We're all limited. We We can't meet every need of our spouse,
1: no matter how badly we want to. And it's one of those things too, where you know the way that I'm reading Scripture is that God didn't create our spouses to to meet all of our needs. You know we're we're not existing in this vacuum with just our our spouse there. God created spouses to be helpers suitable for us to fulfill the responsibilities that he's given us. And we we talk about scripture here too, where God refers to himself as a helper. So the woman being created to be the helper to the man, you know, not, not inferior to him by any uh, stretch of the imagination. God created men and women as equal in that uh, kind of value to each other. But God wants us to, again, have our spouse to help us um, and fulfill these responsibilities that he's given us. But if you're going to look at the the narrative of you complete me, I, I mean, that's going to create all kinds of problems for you to, uh, in your marriage. And and that's really going
0: to set you up for failure. Yeah, you should be able to rely on your spouse. I mean, you should be able to trust your spouse. Of you course. You expect your spouse to help you in life, but you shouldn't expect them to make you whole. Sure. I mean, if you expect your spouse to fulfill you, you expect your spouse to, to complete you, uh, to provide you purpose and meaning, they're going to fail. You're going to be disappointed. And your disappointment is going to lead to anger and lead to conflict. And Jen and I have talked about this um, many times. This is something that I struggled with in life from early on in like high school and early adolescent relationships, feeling like my value, my completeness, my identity came from being in a romantic relationship, my purpose and identity being in who I was romantically connected with. And of course, if you don't deal with those feelings, it just continues. And I hadn't dealt with a lot of those feelings even before we got married. I would get frustrated and unhappy because Jen wasn't God. (laughs) Surprise. <laughs> and Jen's an amazing mother, amazing wife, a phenomenal lawyer. She's a really horrible guy.
1: Oh my goodness. I hope I'm a I'm a good Jen, good wife, good friend, but I'm a wreck as a Lord and Savior. So nobody should be looking at me for any of that. And a lot of people listen to me, they're like, no kidding.
0: I needed to learn to stop looking to Jen to tell me who I was, what my identity and purpose was.
1: And I wasn't even asking for that because that's a that's a rough place to be.
0: And it wasn't fair to Jen. I'm not unique in this. We've counseled couples. We've talked to couples. A lot of people, they find their identity in their spouse. To resolve this, the first thing we need to do is acknowledge This is a false narrative. We just need to acknowledge that there is no human being in the world that will ever complete you.
1: And you need a turnaround, right? It's like you you need to uh, repent of that. And, you know, it doesn't have to be this grand gesture. It's that conscious choice uh, to just stop going in one direction and then just go in a different direction with that. Um, Sometimes I'd say that that would require confession as well. Because depending on how far down this road you've gone and how long you've been on it, you might need to confess and ask for forgiveness uh, from your spouse and and from God as well. But if you find that your relationship is struggling um, from your belief in Action on this false narrative. You might need to confess uh, to your spouse and then receive that forgiveness from your spouse. Or, you know, if you're on the the receiving end um, of uh, this confession, you need to be able to be transparent and be able to uh, be
0: humble, be patient, and give that forgiveness too. And next, you need to replace this false narrative with the truth. I mean, God never intended for your spouse to complete and fulfill you. God always intended to fulfill and complete you Himself. You know, in John ten ten, Jesus said, "The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy." Jesus says, "I, Jesus, have come so that they may have life and may have it abundantly." Or in other translations, they'll say, "May have it to the full." Mm-hmm. That fulfillment that we all seek, um, Pascal. Um, the french mathematician called it the god shaped vacuum yes we all desire fullness and completeness that only comes in christ and then paul in the philippians says and my god will supply your every need according to his glorious riches in christ jesus that need for fulfillment that need for wholeness and completeness Purpose. that's one of those needs that God supplies through Jesus. The reality is, when you look for something other than God to meet your needs, that's the sin of idolatry. Mm-hmm. And as you read through the Old Testament and you read through all those stories, look carefully what did Israel consistently do? They looked to other gods to meet their needs, they looked to other nations, look to Egypt, to Assyria, they looked to other nations, anything but God. To meet their needs,
1: so could your spouse be an idol? Absolutely, absolutely, and and that's a problem there. And uh, God knows that we need to again turn in that repentance, confess, uh, and receive that uh, forgiveness to uh, go back to putting things the way that they need to be with God at that um, in that position of being God. And God does want to fulfill you; He does want to meet those needs. And, and again, Jesus is just as close to you as the wind on your face. And that's just a beautiful thing. You just need to be consciously and consistently turning to him.
0: Yeah, Practically, here's some ways that you can turn to him. And the reason for this is because you need to be a complete person Mm -hmm. to be the person God created you to be. And the first and best step, and of course, you're going to probably expect us to say something like this, is read the Bible. If you find yourself relying on something other than God to fill you, we encourage you to read the Psalms. Start by, this was um, advice that I heard on a podcast from one of my man crushes, as Jen likes oh, to say, boy. <laughs> um, the theologian, biblical scholar, N.T. Wright. Yep. Um, Mentor who's just, from afar. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, he's mentored me so much and he doesn't even know who I am. Oh, um, didn't, didn't you have some correspondence with him? I tried. I, oh, but okay. He, okay. I, no. I've,
1: Mr. I'm, right. You know, I'm let's let, let's let respond it's, to it's my the husband right on that. Right. Uh, oh, the Reverend, <laughs> the right Reverend, right. There we go. There but we go.
0: This is something that he recommended and I've done this and I find it so helpful in my own life when I need to do this. And that's read five Psalms a day and then go back and just read them again. And maybe for a year, maybe for six months, maybe all you do is spend time in the Psalms. But I find that the Psalms are the place that helps me most when I need to be reminded of and connected to God's provision
1: in my life. And another thing, too, that y- you can focus on is I-, I think pretty typical in the West, which is the uh, musical worship. Music does have the ability to reach the core of who we are without any of our reason getting in the way. And as you worship God with music, and that could be in a worship service at home, in your car, both hands on the wheel, friends, um, or even on a walk in the woods, you're going to find yourself experiencing the provision of God and the presence of God in just different ways that you haven't before.
0: And a third way we'd like to encourage you is leaning into God's provision by focusing on gratitude. For, for a month, focus your prayer time on just thanking God for his provision. Thanking God for all that he's given you. Focus on what God has done for you. Remember um, in James one seventeen, all generous giving and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or the slightest hint of change. Mm-hmm. If you really want to be complete in Christ, focus on what he is doing in you. Spend some time, a month, not asking him for anything, just thanking him for what he has already done, and you will notice yourself feeling the fulfillment and completeness that Christ has for you. A thriving marriage is not
1: two people completing each other. Rather, a thriving marriage is two people complete in Christ coming together to help each other experience and express God's love in the world. Then this might sound aspirational because I think that a lot of times it's even more so saying two people who are married in process of becoming complete in, in Christ. So it's like you're complete because of Christ, but you're going along in that journey towards holiness and that sanctification. Um, so it's it's kind of both, I'd say.
0: Absolutely. It's one of those, I mean, Paul says, work out your own salvation with, with fear and trembling. We're in process uh, until the resurrection.
1: Yeah, for you, sure. you, you can tell if you know me, I am definitely a work in progress. But I think the good news about it is just, just like all, all of us other Christians, being that work in progress, Jesus is continually working on us and we are going to be ultimately that that complete creation in him.
0: And in a thriving marriage, you have that opportunity to be a vehicle through which God communicates his love to your spouse. Mm -hmm. You're there naked and unashamed before each other. And for all of the warts and ugliness and the things that we still need to overcome, that person can say, hey, God still loves you. And lean into that. And God will provide that completeness. But it's got to be focused. The center of our marriage is Christ. We together grow closer together because Christ, the Holy Spirit is drawing us together, Mm -hmm. but it's not us completing one another. Very true. And definitely not us depleting each other. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. We really appreciate you. We look forward to hearing your stories of your marriage thriving. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog, and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to com. That's OperationThrivingMarriage.com.